Late Night Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally these projects gel, most times they crash, hard, into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this week on Cinemodities, we are continuing our visual album series with one of uh, something... Once again, Zach, I'm sorry. I might have lied a little bit. I don't know if this is a visual album. I think this might actually truly be considered a hip hopra. I love that phrase. I found that in my research of trying to know what to call this thing, and they call it a hip hopra. I love it. It's a combination of two words, just like Cinemonides is. It's great. This hip hopra, I know it as the one, the only, utility and versatility of E major, but most people know it as R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. Oh, Zach. Zach, are you excited to talk about this one? This, this is certainly a unique one, even in the uh, cinematis realm. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. So I mentioned it once already. I want to get it just right off the bat. I am certainly aware Zach is about to be made aware, be made aware if he did not know in his uh, from listening to it or his own research. This is the E major movie. Literally, this whole movie is in the key of E major, and we're not done. Every song follows the same structure and musical pattern of E major. Did you pick up on this, Zach? Uh, there's definitely a pattern that's repeated numerous times throughout all this. Oh, I, I would say almost ad nauseum by the 45th minute when you hear the same structure and he's, the music is rising and he's screaming about, so I whip out my Beretta and he's got his gun out again, you know, 45 minutes in. It, it gets a little nauseating, I would say. But that's part of why this is such a great piece of music, piece of film, it's a very unique one, just as Zach said. R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. E major all day. I'm going to say that a few times on this episode, Zach. E major all day. How long? How long, Zach? All day. Which which chord? E? E? Which E? Major. Oh, Zach's got it. Okay. Not minor. Are, not minor. Not e little major. league. <laughs> Major League Minor. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so, oh, God, there's so much to say about Trapped in the Closet. Um, but I guess uh, to, to appease Zach, we'll get it out of the way at the start. We have to talk a little bit about R. Kelly. We can't just talk about Trapped in the Closet as far as I'm concerned. You knew this was coming, right, Zach? Do, do you hear that sound? Is it the spritz bottle? No, it, no, it's definitely it's it's liquid, but it sounds like it's um, a urination act. <laughs> oh, Zach! Oh, Zach! Of course, you answered the question before I could even ask it. When people think of R. Kelly today, what do they think of? And it's peeing on people. That's <laughs> that's not a great thing to be associated with, right? I don't think R. Kelly likes it. <laughs> I can't imagine he does. But that's really what people know him for unfortunately that's his legacy would you say that's what you know him as zach um yeah i i was never aware of r kelly until uh, dave chappelle decided to highlight him oh this is the remix edition 
of the song about pissing. <laughs> I love trip, that. Trip, trip, trip. Piss on you. Oh, man. So, okay. Um, I guess before we get into more of the terrible things R. Kelly has been accused of, because uh, there's some weird ones that have actually been in, in recent times, in 2018. There's uh, more? There are actually more, Zach. Yes, he's been in some trouble these past years, uh, oh or accused God. of some things. But w- we do have to s- say that, you know, he, before all of his scandals, kind of basically before 1994, when he... Uh, allegedly illegally married a 15-year-old when he was 27. Uh, before that, he was basically the top of the world in hip-hop. He is a huge inspiration to, to the industry, to the music, hip-hop. Uh, he was a powerhouse. I think he's still regarded as, or not regarded, but is ranked as one of the artists that has sold the most albums in the United States. Not just as hip-hop, but I think overall, he has had a lasting impact on music. It's just a bummer that now we know him for peeing on people and having sex with underage women. That's quite unfortunate, I think. Uh, Even with Zach not knowing too much about R. Kelly, I'm glad that he was okay with talking about this. Right? You're not offended that we're talking about R. Kelly, right? Or have you been hiding that from me until this recording? (laughs) I'm always ready to talk about urinating on people. Okay, see, Zach is open for these things. Um, Because of R. Kelly's past and because of what he's been recently accused of, uh, you can no longer find his music on Spotify, on Pandora, on Apple. They've taken it down. There are groups that are calling for the boycott of his music and things like that. Uh, While I agree with them in principle, yes, I'm not saying that I support R. Kelly in any way, shape, or form. What he does in his personal life is, you know, completely independent of me. I might frown upon it. That doesn't change the fact that he made a great visual album, or whatever we're calling this, back in 2005. I am totally willing to separate the art from the artist and look at this in, I would say, you know, the most objective manner that I can. That what do you think? Controversial Zach? statement in today's day and age. It is. It really is. I've gotten in trouble with the, uh, you know, R. Kelly uh, is not one that comes up in conversation, but Kevin Spacey, you know, Kevin Spacey might be a terrible person. He might have done some horrible things in his life. That's not going to change the fact that he plays a great character in House of Cards. Frank Underwood and the way he portrays him is awesome. I love it. That's not going to change the fact. I just don't think that I I could ever say, oh, no, I need to completely remove that aspect of my life and the emotions that it gave me just because of something someone might have done completely independent of me. It is a hot topic, but I had to get it out there. We're saying even though R. Kelly might not be a great person, we can still analyze his work. What do you think, Zach? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you want to just end this episode now and distance yourself from me as far as possible. <laughs> the sound of urination mysteriously stopped and now it's a uh, boycott I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, cine- that's going to be our new logo. It's going to be the cinemodities word with like, you know, the, the slash through it, like the Ghostbusters thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be uh, calling for a boycott. Okay. So I guess I, I have to ask if you, would, if you would love to tell us, Zach, what do you think? How do you feel about talking about R. Kelly after all these things he's been accused of? Um, like I said, I've never had a long history with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it begins with Dave Chappelle and it more or less ends with Dave Chappelle. The only okay. other R. Kelly reference I could even throw into the pile would be Weird Al's parody of this, mm-hmm. Trapped tra- 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 in the drive Through. Yep, Trapped in the drive Through. I say, baby, give me that burger. I just gotta have a bite. So she reaches in the bag and pulls out the burger. And she hands me the burger. And I pick up the burger. And then I... Other than that, I do not know. I, I cannot tell you. I couldn't tell you the name of a single R. Kelly song beyond what we're discussing tonight. Okay, okay. I okay. know nothing. Like, again, it begins and ends with Dave Chappelle. So, sure, you don't know too much about his music, his career. You just know about maybe these scandals. Pretty but much. You're, but you're still okay with analyzing this. You're still willing to do it, I guess, is what I'm asking. Oh, definitely. Good. This is just, See, this is bonkers. Yes, it is. And, you know, just because the creator of this might have done some terrible things around, before, and after he made this, it doesn't change the fact that it's bonkers and that we can talk about it and it's okay to talk about it. That's what I'm getting at. There's so many people I've encountered that are just like, we need to completely eradicate this from our lives. No, I can't do that. If it exists... It deserves attention. Maybe not all the attention, but some. And that's, it just fits so perfectly with all these conversations I'm having recently. All of this, and it's a visual album. I love it. Good, Zach. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're talking about this. Before we get off this topic, can I tell you what he's been accused of recently? (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, most recently, his two accusations, which he's denied. I will say, absolutely, R. Kelly has denied these across the board. Um, apparently an ex-partner of his has been saying that he intentionally is spreading an STD. That's no good. The, <laughs> the other thing that he's been accused of, apparently there was a group of parents, a group of three parents. They got together and they accused R. Kelly of holding their daughters in an abusive cult. And the daughters came out and said, no, we're just kind of like hanging out with R. Kelly. <laughs> For the record, when I laughed at the uh, spreading us uh, STD, I was not laughing at that. I was laughing at Rob's um, my analysis um, wi- of it. His, his witty good. retort of of that's not good. I was not that's laughing not at the idea of spreading an STD around. <laughs> yes, yes. Just to say it once more, our disclaimer. I think it's safe to say neither Zach nor I condone el- any of the things R. Kelly is accused of. So, no, they're all no good. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about, right? Is that a good way to put it, Zach? Yeah, definitely. Just ignore the first, like, 20 minutes of this podcast. No, don't ignore it. It had to be said. We had to get that out of the way. We had to do that whole disclaimer because we can't just jump in to trapped in the closet. You need to talk about R. Kelly, okay? Now that we got his background, maybe some of the things in trapped in the closet will make some more sense, you know? Because literally every fucking person in the universe of trapped in the closet is cheating on somebody. Everybody. Everybody's cheating on at least one other person. And if that is R. Kelly's perception of adult relationships, you know, maybe in his mind he was like, maybe kids are better. See? It's all coming together, Zach. Excuse me. Allegedly, kids allegedly, are better. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. You can't tell age from a video. 
Okay. Every single statement in this podcast is going to be prefaced with the word allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, we're going to have to like hire a lawyer to do the intro music just for this episode, and then we're going to do his voice backwards on the end. <laughs> <laughs> but there'll have to be a disclaimer on the backwards version that says playing a lawyer speaking backwards doesn't nullify the contract. That's important. Someone would probably say that. Zach is lost in the sauce, but I'm trying to keep us. I'm trying to keep our asses covered over here, Zach. And we still have not even delved into the. <laughs> we have the opera. We got the bass. We got the bass just to get a bass. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You want to put your baby into a tanning bed? That's correct. I'm sorry. That's against the law. Look, pal, we are well aware of the law, okay? We don't want to jam you up here. We just want to put them in there for a couple of minutes. Just to get a base. Just to get a base. We'll sign whatever waivers or whatever you need us to do. So let us cook them. So now, Zach, I have to ask the question that I've been asking all these other episodes. I think you've already answered it, but I'm going to ask it specifically about Trapped in the Closet. Have you ever seen any of this prior to this viewing when we watched it for this recording? Because this re was released in chapters. This did not come out all in one chunk type of thing. Uh, did you have you ever seen any of this before? No, like I, I knew it. I I didn't know it was chapters. I thought okay. it was like I know it was like an ins like based on the Weird Al parody. I know it was like an insanely long song. That's kind of like the only inkling I had of it because like okay. considering that Weird Al parody goes on for I think for like eight or nine minutes. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I knew it was gonna be long, but I did not anticipate when Rob's like Rob like. When we were originally like, preparing this, he's like, oh, I found chapters 38 through 70. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Like, I, I, in all honesty, I anticipated this being like around like what Odd Sack was or Endless. Like we're talking like an hour, give or take. And, and you know, I looked at the runtime. And I looked at the runtime and it's like 20 hours. And I'm <laughs> like, oh my God, this is going to cut into my time of rewatching Spirit of the Way and Odd Sack. And the new Adventure Time you have to see. And the new Adventure Time I have to see. Oh, man. Yes, this is by far the longest visual album we're watching. Uh, it ranks in at a little over two hours when you watch all 33 chapters. Um, just so everybody knows, you know, we are, we, well, I did. I guess we'll ask Zach in a minute if he watched them all. But all 33 chapters, the first 22 came out in 2005, and then seven years later... 2012 he released kind of this part two because part one ends with a to be continued and then it picks up into this new one zach did you watch the uh the 23 through 33 the new chapters oh well rob mentioned very early on that the, after the first 45 minutes it grows a little <laughs> tedious um that's roughly where i made it and i kind of just kind I, I i gave up oh, um not not because i didn't try i went back and tried to rewatch post the 45 minute mark mm -hmm. and I either kept falling asleep or getting distracted with something else. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this, this, do we just want to delve into the overall opinions on this or? Well, I think before we give the opinions, I want to ask you uh, at least one more question. I want to know if okay. you picked up on the fact that literally every single part, every vocal part, every speaking, I'm doing air quotes, speaking part in this, is sung by R. Kelly. Did you know that? Oh, how could you not? I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, I you didn't think that was a really a really like a real Southern girl when he was doing the Bridget voice who had sex with the midget. Oh my god! You're giving away the good stuff too early. <laughs> okay, so so I think the first time I watched this, I very much was like, this is 
fucking ridiculous. This is the same thing over and over and over. And now, the first time I watched it, it was only the first 22 chapters. This was like high school or something. Maybe like first year undergrad I watched this. And I was like, this is crazy. It's the same thing over and over. It's just people, everybody's cheating on somebody else. This is stupid. Rewatching it again now, I think solely because of the appreciation I have for how batshit crazy just the thought of using the same structure for two hours in a visual album. I loved it. I absolutely loved this, Zach. This had me laughing. This had me crying. This had me questioning my existence. It was fantastic. I watched all two hours quite attentively, I must say. I'm sure you expected that that answer, Zach. Am I right? Oh, I'd be disappointed if I didn't get that answer. <laughs> I love the you know, the artistry of it, uh, just how simplistic it is. It's so cookie cutter, but it creates its own mold. It's very, very strange. I think that the best thing I found in my research is that when the first 22 chapters came out, someone who uh, reviewed this for some type of, you know, music website, they described it with the term sprezzatura, I had oh. never heard it. I had never heard of this phrase, sprezzatura. Sprezzatura is an Italian phrase for literature, and it is the name of a work that seems so simple and so overly boiled down and non-subtle that it is hiding its artistry. That's the best way to put it. So basically, this reviewer was drawing on an old concept of someone doing so poorly at something that it's actually brilliant. That's what I took from this review and this concept of sprezzatura. And I have to say, I agree. Zach, I'm getting the sense that you disagree. No, like, I, you, oh, know, this, okay, okay. I, you know I lost my mind uh, watching this. This is definitely, like, okay, well, I turned this on. Like, I knew it was supposed to be goofy, because also, well, I guess I lied. I also know R. Kelly from that infamous South Park episode where, like, mm. Tom Cruise. The Scientology the one. Yeah. yeah, the Scientology one that apparently, like, he threatened to, like, quit, like, the press tour for Mission Impossible 3 over. And now Comedy <laughs> Central, like, airs it, like, once a day. I've been asked to come up here, get you both out of the closet. Man, this is some crazy shit. Why won't you both just come out the closet? They said, we are not coming out the closet. You can just go away. But everyone wants you out the closet. That doesn't matter because we're going to stay. Now I'm starting to get angry. So I pull out my gun. Oh! I'm going to give you count to three to open this closet door. One, I'm going to shoot you both. Two, I'm going to cap some bitch free. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like, so like, I knew that. Like, I knew th this was supposed to be, like, farcical. I always knew, like, I, you heard, I heard stories about this, like, where you read something, like, like I call a, a one line on the internet, be like, oh, R. Kelly's trapped in the closet, and just, like, the, mm -hmm. like, how weird it was. And so, like, oh, I'm watching it, and it begins rather, like, like, oh God, like hip hop, R&B, like music video melodrama. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, you watch it. Like it falls right into that groove. And you watch the second one, like Rob already described in rather, much more eloquently than I will. It's the exact same thing again. Like the beat's the same. The melody's e the major, same. All the e major all day. All day. It's the same melody just over and over again with different lyrics. And the story's more or less the same, but just with different characters that are very hard to distinguish from one yes, another. Yes, And as I was getting into, like, chapter two, I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is, this is genuinely bonkers. Like, 
this is insane. And I'm like, I was like, I was like fully on board with it. And even though I really could not get past the 45 minute mark in any mm. sort of like earnesty, I definitely like this. Like there's, there's just a bizarre nature to it. Okay. Like it's not just weird for the sake of being weird. It's, oh, it's, oh, yes. It's he, weird. actually going for something. <laughs> yes. It's weirdness with a structure. Yes. Which is very hard to do. Because after a while, like, like weirdness just starts to like spray in all sorts of different directions. Yes. Oh, I so, fucking love it. I love it. Like it's just, it stays, again, it's, it's bonkers. It, I think the, it's, oh my God. Okay, how do I describe this? The, 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 the project or the hip hop raw. Mm-hmm. Does a better job of of staying focused than the mind of its own as its viewer does. <laughs> like even though it. R. Kelly is bonkers in what he's trying to do with this, he's somehow much more focused than the audience trying to stay with him. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely like. Even though I like, I, we'll get into it later on though. But whether it's cinematic worthy or late night worthy, <laughs> but as I was watching this, I'm like, this is one of those things where I'm surprised it doesn't have much more of a cult following. I honestly, that's a really good point. I was thinking the exact same thing after seeing this. With how much I laughed, you know, it's like first chapter, he's in the closet, gonna pull out my gun. Second chapter, like, the man shows up. Gonna pull out my gun! And then it's, like, every chapter he's pulling out his gun at a certain point. And then at one, at some, like, juncture, there's just a knock on a door at the beginning of a song. And immediately he's like, and I pull out my gun. <laughs> like, it is, it is hilarious. And I think that there are other people that I know who would find it just as funny, who would appreciate the E major all day just as much as I would for how off the wall that is to say hey we're going to do e major the same three minute pattern for two hours and he and actually do it i'm i'm with you i cannot believe this doesn't have like you know this doesn't get late night viewings at certain places it's because people are boycotting him jeez well i think i think it's also uh, a uh, we have to go we want to go back into the time machine here for a second was that was this something that was like really big like or like on early YouTube, like was this something that was like real, like kind of like a Chocolate Rain or the Sneezing Panda? I think it was only Chapter One. Chapter One was very successful, um, and then I think it kind of dropped hard. I think Chapter One was well received both by critics and the audience. And when Chapter Two came out, and it was the same exact song, people didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't understand what it was going to be. You know. So I think only the first one in back in 2005 might have been a uh, a YouTube hit. Well, I'm not even talking about like when it first dropped. I'm talking like 2006 or 7. Oh, okay. I, I, I can imagine this was like something like 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 Tourette's guy. No, you know like, what? This was this was never really a meme. Is that what you're saying? Like, was this like one of the the no. foundations of the meme? You know, the viral videos that. Well, that's what I mean. Like viral. Like, like as Rob can attest to, like freshman year of high school, like Tourette's guy was the yes. biggest thing. Like that was just like a, um, not not okay, not the biggest. Like not like today. Like not. But it was popular. It was known. It, well, it was like okay, I, okay. I need. I think I need Rob, Rob to uh, maybe define this for me. Like, Tourette's guy was up there with, like, who was the guy that Sal was obsessed with who's, like, the ped- the deformed pedophile? Oh, Brian, Brian Peppers. Peppers? Yes, yeah. Brian Peppers. Brian Peppers. And <laughs> I, this was something, like, like, okay, it's not super popular, but it's, like, like what the kids would call today, like, a dank-ass meme. Yes. 
Like that's something like like Tourette's guy, Brian Peppers. This yeah, they is were, something... they were the foundations of today's meme. They were like the stepping stone, I'd say. Yeah. But like was this ever even at that like was this ever at the level of Tourette's guy? No, I honestly don't think so. I I think that then when this came out and the years since it's came out, this is probably another good reason why it's not a cult following. The hip hop community kind of always took it seriously. You know, there wasn't really anyone who was ever like, "Oh my god, check this out," you know? And it never really it never branched out in that way. I've never like heard it made fun of, I would say, a lot. Even well, though it deserves it. <laughs> well, that's what I mean though. As I was watching this and I was trying to figure out a comparison to it, and mm-hmm. the only thing I considering the time, because it's very clearly dated in more ways than one. And the only thing like on a, a visual cinematic level I could compare it to would be like the room. Like it would be something like that, like where it's like it's borderline. In, like there's a vision there, but the incompetence is hindering it. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I that's why, I, again, as I was watching this, I was just like baffled because like I knew again, like I said, because also R. Kelly was a punching bag for most of the mid two thousands until now. Na- until now, yeah, he's when been he a punching was, bag for over a decade. Yeah, he was, you know, accused of his child pornography. Like, his actual lawsuit for child pornography lasted from, like, 2002 to 2008. It took for him to get acquitted. So, like, he was just, like, in the throes of it all when he was, like, churning out this product. Yeah, and so, like, so when you'd hear things about, like, Weird Al or South Park mocking him, and, like, and this all went on over, like, the span of, like, like, like two or three years. So it wasn't like it was like it happened all at once. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the South Park episode was like I think May of 2006. Chappelle was like 2003. Yeah, I think so. Um, Weird Al, uh, I think the Weird Al album came out like late 2006, like early 2007. I, I'm pretty sure Trapped, like the, the music video for Trapped in the Drive didn't come out until like mid-2007. Yeah, because that was the same Weird album that Weird Al album, Weird album. I like that. <laughs> Weird Al album that uh, had White and Nerdy on it, I believe. Yeah, that, so that, that, that was that, that, that was, was like his meteoric, like like that was his like new millennia success. Yes, yeah. So that one, I would definitely say that was two thousand seven. That's what I'm thinking. So okay. that's so like again, the R. Kelly punching bag was prolonged. Yeah, he, he really like, like took the shit. Yeah, man, you're right. And he's never been able to shed that image. So, like, I think it's this weird thing. Like, would the room still be popular? If people found out that like Tommy Wiseau liked raping people, like or like or like or like, like dated <laughs> underage girls, oh. it's like like would would that still be like a cult, or would we just completely distance ourselves from that, and it would just never be brought up again? That's a really that's a really good question. Uh, I don't know because you know I think like I've established already with our whole the setup the foundation here. You know, I, I don't think I think a lot of the same ways that these mainstream does, you know, these people who are boycotting and stuff like that. Maybe that would have been the case if something terrible had come out or comes out about Tommy Wiseau. Maybe that will change the legacy of the room. I, I really don't know. While I was watching this, I'm still trying to figure out like comparisons. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I, 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 I this might be a cinematic further on down the road one day. But I was thinking about Borat. Like, okay. Borat's one of those movies, and Rob remembers that. Like that hit the pop culture like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And nobody talks about that movie anymore. Yep. <laughs> like, like, like everybody talks about Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. Like, oh, this movie made like an insane amount of money, and it left no cultural footprint. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then look at Borat. Like Rob can remember in high school, every single day it was very nice. Oh yeah, I. Well. 
I think I remember most of the plot of Borat too. Like, well, it's 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 a razor thin plot. That's true. I mean, I remember scenes, I guess, but I see what you're saying, Zach. Where it's not culturally remembered, it's not culturally significant anymore. And the, but the reason why I think it's like that, like today, we're now like something will become popular. We find out whoever, like, like Kevin Spacey. Everybody loved Kevin Spacey, loved House of Cards. It comes out that Kevin Spacey tried to, like, rape a guy when he was, like, 16. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they're, like, like 30 years of, of acting credibility, all this is, is thrown out the window in a moment. Um, never mind, his apology wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah, It's that's like, whole, if I tried to rape story. you, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, like, like, I had not, had, and by the way, I'm a Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. The public turned against the the creative force. Yeah, yeah, that's and a really good point. And there's just no recovering from it. That's a really good point. Uh, so no, that's why I think like again, like as I was watching this, yeah. I don't know why there hasn't been like, like this is one of those like not okay. R. Kelly's obviously had a very tumultuous past. Um, he's allegedly done some very bad things, but like if if let's say R. Kelly did keep a rather, I don't know. Like, I don't know R. Kelly's life. I really don't know much about him. But like, let's just say he kept a Tommy Wiseau level persona, mm-hmm. like eccentric, but without harming anyone. Like I could see R. Kelly like touring the country with this is like like a midnight movie. Yeah, people, much like Tommy Wiseau does. People would let it like fly under the radar to some extent. They would let it be that cult niche thing, you know. But because of what he's been accused of we get those people who are just saying, no, let's shut it down. He needs to be admonished to a huge extent. This music needs to be eradicated. Yeah, yeah. I could I could see that for sure. I would love to see this at a late night showing somewhere. This would be great. <laughs> we need the you know, 4K ultra high definition cut. Oh, yes, absolutely. With everything we've said about R. Kelly and, and the legacy of this and him, I'm interested to know what the people who are in this would say about it. Because a lot of the people, well, you know, not... Not including R. Kelly, because he's in, he's in like a big, of every single chapter. Um, you know, a lot of the people who acted in this are unknown, except Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams yes. is in this. I was like blown away when I watched this again, and I was like, holy shit, I've seen him in literally everything else now. It would be really cool to get his opinion on like, how does he feel about being entrapped in the closet? Because I would imagine, I would think, as like trying to put myself in an actor's shoes, you know, there's nothing in Trapped in a Closet that is offensive. It's not like Trapped in the Closet is about having sex with children. It's it's not like Trapped in the Closet is about urinating on people. Trapped in the Closet is about adult relationships. So there's nothing inherently wrong with that. So how would an actor kind of, you know, deal with something that's on his resume or in his portfolio that might not be well received by others. I guess if I got the chance to sit down with Michael K. Williams or talk to him at a con, I'd be like, do you put trapped in the closet on your resume? <laughs> like, I would imagine you, not. Do you tell other people that you were in it, you know? And I would hope I'd get a pretty cool answer. I hope I'd get an interesting answer, but just to pick his brain, um, it'd be, it'd be quite interesting. I think. Spoiler alert. He does not. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I, I was very happy to see Michael K. Williams, um, even though he doesn't get to really say anything because R. Kelly just, you know, link, lip syncs over everybody else. There is one other person, Zach, I found that actually had a credit that was notable that I wanted oh. to bring up. Yes. It's the person, the woman that plays Bridget 
the southern white woman. Her real name is Rebecca Field. She is credited as another mom in Twin oh. in Twin Peaks the Return episode 7. Oh. I don't remember what happens in episode 7 because of course episode 8 is just a memory black hole. I don't remember what happens in episode 9 either. I can only remember episode 8. <laughs> Um, I don't remember where there would be moms in episode seven and why there'd have to be another one of them, but apparently she was in Twin Peaks The Return. Isn't that cool? Interesting. Yeah. Episode seven of The Return is where uh, Dougie Jones squeezes the midget's thumb off. Oh, okay. Holy shit, there's a, there's a midget in episode seven of Twin Peaks The Return, the episode that Bridget is in, or Rebecca Field, and Bridget has sex with a midget entrapped in the closet. I think we just uncovered greatest the greatest kept secret in David Lynch's repertoire. Do we play the breaking new ground, Sam? Yes. This is this is breaking new ground. Like the only thing that might top this is if we found out like what the baby in a racer head was made of. Because that's still a big mystery, right? Let's not okay. get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> that's gonna be for later. Oh man, okay, so David Lynch called on. R. Kelly's uh, The Woman Who Had Sex With a Midget for his midget episode. I love it. Perfect. So that was the only other person I found in this that was not relatively unknown. Or R. Kelly. Because R. Kelly does a lot, of the, a lot of the people. So I guess now, Zach, with those things being said, what did you think? This was bonkers. This was off the wall. This was grating. This was grinding. I would like to know, what did you think about... The acting, if you can call it acting, the body movements and stuff on screen, you know, the, the screenplay portion of this. <sighs> any, any thoughts at all? It's, it's the room level. Like, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's just bonkers. <laughs> like, like, okay, how do you judge the actors of the room? See, I'm thinking of, like, uh, when you have the scenes where there's a huge amount of people. Let's, like, take the church scenes, for example. Oh, shit. I don't know if you got this far, Zach. But, like, when they make it to the church and oh, there's, the pimp. like... Yeah, yeah, the whole Pimp Lucius song and you got the choir and you have all the people in, like, the, the congregation and stuff. Like, I thought that was great. I loved that song. I thought that they actually had, like, decent choreography for that scene where it, like, demanded decent choreography. That one, those scenes stood out to me where they had, you know... People to fill the space. I guess I'm not really talking about, you know, where it's it's three people in a room and R. Kelly's pointing a gun at two of them. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that's great. You know, nothing against R. Kelly, you know, pointing a gun at people. But I, I thought that where the choreography was, it was it was decent. It fit with the music, at least. Um, the Pimp Lucius song is one of my favorite songs, I think, in the whole set of chapters. Um because, you know, it's the whole church just telling him, like, Pimp Lucius, stop pimping. Pimp Lucius, you have been on my heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And I looked at you and got a word from God. Mm -hmm. Now, Pimp Lucius. God is telling me you don't want to pimp no more. Yeah. He's saying to me, he's saying, you want to stop pimping all these hoes. Amen. And turn your life around. <laughs> hmm. Just turn it around, Lucius. Now, if you want it, yeah. God will do it for you. Yeah. 
Yes, it will. Yeah. Come on, choir, help me sing it. Come on. You can do it, Pimlucious. Just stop pimping. Stop pimping. Lucious. You can do it. You can it, do it, Lucious. And he has a stutter. <laughs> and it's, oh God, it's great. It's great. You know what the stutter made me think of? Uh, I don't know his name in the movie, but Benicio Del Toro from the last Star Wars movie with the oh, stutter. Oh, yeah. Like, you got Benicio Del Toro with the stutter, Pimp with the stutter. You know, both of them were kind of like shady characters. I don't know. It reminded me of that for some reason. What was his name in the movie, Del Toro? Um, DJ. D- really? Yeah. Holy shit. You know what it stands was for? It? Disc Jockey. Yes, correct. Is it in the movie? Really? I'm pretty sure. Ah, damn. I love the Pimp Lucius song. Uh, Zach, I guess one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, did you make it to when they started singing about the package? Like, there's a whole song about Chuck. Does Chuck have the package? Did you get to this part? Oh, I didn't get to that part, but I read it. I read about it. Online. You read about it. Okay, okay. The package is AIDS, right? The package is AIDS. So... When you watch it, I think it makes it clear that it's AIDS. Like, I think that you can get from context that, you know, Chuck, as the gay man with the with the preacher, whose name I can't remember right now, Jeremy, maybe? No, Jeffrey? Something with a J, I think. It doesn't matter. Or a J sound. It matters to me! It matters to these unknown actors, Zach. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I was going to imagine they'd, they'd hope you forget yeah. this. Yeah, their resume went from a credit of one to a credit of zero. <laughs> They couldn't get another job since they didn't have a resume after R. Kelly's shit hit the fan. No, but um, so it makes sense in the movie that Chuck has AIDS or HIV or something like that. In my research, I actually found that this comes from prison slang. Apparently in prison, if you have AIDS, they say you have the whole package. This is from the early 2000s. I don't know. Contrary to what Zach might think, I don't have current knowledge of the prison systems and their slang. (laughs) But I thought that was really interesting, that they, they stick to that slang term the whole way through. Also, the song, I think chapter 22, like where it ends with the to be continued and they're all singing about the package. This is a really, really good song. This is like the only time in the entire two hours where R. Kelly deviates from the musical structure. And it's just for like 10 to 15 seconds at the outro of this song. But it's really, really cool. We'll have to get the clip in there. They're singing about the package. And basically, because literally everyone in this universe is fucking everybody else, they all have AIDS now. I think that's the point of this visual album, is that at the end they all have AIDS, because they all fucked each other. Did you get that? Is that what you took from this album? (laughs) There's a great infograph on Wikipedia outlining everybody's connection to each other and who they're having sex with. Really? it's, It's great. Like It's one of those things where it belongs in a museum, where all the lines are going... Uh, oh, everybody's shit. relationship oh, to everybody else I who's having it. sex with everybody else I found it I found oh my god and the boxes are color coded red is definite package yellow <laughs> is possible package 
see, look how many people have the po- have the package. Possibly. Look at all these yellow Allegedly bucks. Allegedly have the whole package. They got the package. Pimp Lucius. Oh, he definitely has it. Bridget, big man. Big man's the midget, if our oh. audience is not <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gotta clarify that for the kids at home. This is good. I really like this this chart we got here. This really clears things up, doesn't it, Zach? Sure. See, so you didn't get to see Bino. This is something else I was talking about. Bino is only in, I think, the last two chapters. You didn't see Bino, like the drug lord, like the really gruff, he's got something wrong with his throat? I did not see him. Okay, I'm going to describe this to Zach. (laughs) Because I'm so bummed he didn't see this. This actually blew my mind. Bino is another character that is introduced in the last two chapters because R. Kelly and, or sorry, Sylvester, R. Kelly's middle name, if you didn't know, Sylvester and Tuan, they go to Bino because they have, like, uh, a job that they can do, and they want Bino to help them out so they can all earn some money. Just like he did with the Italians. Did you see the chapter where they go to the Italians, Zach? Is it Beyond 45 Minutes? I mean, I think the Pimp Lucius song is Beyond 45 Minutes, and you knew that I one. told you, I kept falling asleep and waking up, and he tr- I kept trying to, I kept okay, trying to okay. keep track of all this. <laughs> so, so they go to Bino to get in on this job, and Bino, played by R. Kelly, has something wrong with his throat. And in his singing parts, it is revealed that Bino got shot by the Italian on a previous job. And that's why his voice is all gruff and he, like, coughs and stuff. And there is a scene in this chapter where there is the music actually stops and Bino clears his throat for, like, 20 seconds. Like, he looks up at the camera and he goes... And then it restarts and the music keeps going. Shit ain't funny. You think I'm a dummy. I know you're doing deals with the Italians. It is fantastic. That's what you're missing out on, Zach. You yeah, and your sleeping. Those are the good parts of missing. You and your sleeping, Zach. Who sleeps these days? This this <laughs> is bonkers. Like it really, like okay. Rob's explaining it. I think Rob's part of the problem why this hasn't. Right, I think it's the problem with a lot of this. That he's he's <laughs> buying into it a little too much. No, Whereas, the Dino vocalizations are R. Kelly trying to do something different in his new chapters, and he succeeds. I'm I'm trying to give him some musical credit. Not, I, think not that's the problem. I don't I don't think there's anything groundbreaking with the music. I think it's a much like the AIDS, it's the complete package. <laughs> Again, you have you have the sea level acting, you have the bonkers melody. In what major? E major. You oh, have day. you have this, the, you have the very low, again, low rent sets. In bad CGI backgrounds while he's driving. <laughs> oh my god, when he those gets, are so funny. <laughs> and when he gets bad cell reception, like the whole background starts to flicker. There's I, so much to this that, like, again, I, I, I think I, I'm I, buying I, into the Sprezzatura. I think this is brilliant. I think this is so ridiculous. It's brilliant. I love it. Well, that's what it is. It's so ridiculous. It's brilliant, though. But Rob's borderline giving it credit for what it is. Like, beyond, like, I'm not sure if this, like, I never want to be one of those people that finds things amusing because I want to be ironic. 
But there is a yes. there is a bizarreness in this, and and the thing about it too is that, and I think this is something definitely underappreciated nowadays, is that this is bizarre. It's played one hundred and ten percent straight for the most part. Absolutely. Like there's never a moment where he's winking into the camera. No, no. Like Rob's, I guess a couple of parts during this where you have the the pastor come in. And it's like this though, and he's like, he pulls the gun out. I can, can I pull out my gun? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and you have all this. And it's like, why is he having a gun out? It's like, like there's a there's a level of just the reality starts to melt around what's currently happening, the events of Trapped in the Closet, and that's where you lose your sanity. It's at those parts because you're like, why is he taking like a guy? It's it, again, the first chapter is like definition, just hollow. Run of the mill R and B hip hop, like absolutely, yeah. It's the start right of the- down the middle of the line, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, and the pastor, and like the pastor comes in, finds him, he pulls out his gun, threatens to shoot him, and the whole time, like he has, like, and like Rob said, numerous times, he has people at gunpoint yep. for no reason particularly. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's a plot device that really doesn't do anything. I don't think that's any reason not to to like to appreciate this, you know. Uh, this is, I think, it's great all around. This is, this is brilliant. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm trying to think of another piece of media where holding somebody at gunpoint is a plot point, <laughs> yet doesn't really go anywhere. It's oh, used God. repeatedly. Oh, oh, oh! I thought, oh fuck, that's what the hell is the name of that movie where there's the white dude and he thinks he's like super gangster and he gets Malibu's Most Wanted. You remember that movie? I, I know of it, but I've never seen I it. I think there is literally a scene in that movie where, like, multiple people are standing a few feet away from each other pointing, like, rocket launchers at each other. Like, they – like, exactly what you described. Like, they just use the trope of using of putting people at gunpoint and they just push it to absurdity. That's – I think that's that movie. Put it on your list, Zach. Absolutely bonkers, folks. It's not a hip-hopper, though. So. No. <laughs> this so probably we, we is the only one for that. that. Yes, it's not an E major all day. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love it. I love it, Zach. So I guess something I didn't ask you earlier that I should have. Did you watch uh, Did you watch these on YouTube? Did you watch that big file I sent you? How did you? I, I watched the big Rob file. Okay, okay. So definitely before the 45-minute mark. I think it's like chapter three or four. There is one portion of the file I have where the audio or the music video that they splice in is edited did you pick up on this it's when he's like confronting his wife about cheating after he gets back to his house and he finds the condom in the bed oh and in this song they try and edit it and it is so poorly edited like you can clearly hear the curse word like they misplace the beeps at some of these times i think did did you pick up on this at all i did not Okay, we're going to have to throw some clips in because there was one that I'm remembering that they bleep out. Well, the other thing is they don't use, like, the, the usual beep like you would expect. They use, like, R. Kelly's voice saying boop. Like, they use a very weird thing to cover up the curse word. And then oh, I they, noticed that part. I definitely yeah, noticed that. that's what I'm talking And they mistime it at one point. And literally, the song goes, like, bloop, fuck. And they, like, clearly missed the curse word. <laughs> and it is hilarious. <laughs> like, you can obviously tell they're saying, like, you fucked this dude or whatever. 
And oh, well, I'll have to find the clip and get it in here. It was it made me laugh out loud. I was just dying. <laughs> it was the worst use of censorship I've ever encountered. <laughs> you better start talking, bitch, before I take a match and burn this motherfucker down. Bitch, you better start talking and start talking right goddamn now. Oh, I am a little bummed that like my one that one portion has it edited or like you know censored. But at least it's only one portion, and at least it's actually funny. <laughs> I'll accept that. What else did you think about this? You got anything else come to mind you <sighs> want to talk about with this nonsense? Well, like, okay, because a lot of it is just how much... Like, I think it's also a test in patience. <laughs> it's kind of like, how how much of this can you watch? Because, again, we'll get, I don't want to delve too far into this, because this is part of my thing with whether it's going to be a cinematic and or a late-night movie. Okay. But there's a lot of parts of this where it's like, okay, how it's all it's like a a cinematis endurance test. Mm. Like like most cinematis are in the ballpark of like an hour and a half, give or take. Yep. Yeah, this is a full two hours in every moment of the maybe the first three is testing your patience. <laughs> oh man. I okay, I could I could see that for sure. And then there's the other part too, like like again, it goes up and down, like by like the fifth chapter you're like oh my god how much longer is this going to go on like this <laughs> and then we get to the point where he obviously he we go to the cop's wife bridget and you have the big man and you have the whole thing where r kelly's just f- like flagrantly using the term midget and it's like and, oh, yes. and there's a midget on the table oh and my god there's a whole chapter that ends where like the scene freezes r kelly comes out of the closet and he sings something like not only was there a man in his cabinet but that man was a midget, <laughs> and that's how a song <laughs> fucking ends. That's how he that's, ends it. And then he says, "Move." She says, "No." He says, "Move." She says, "No." Bitch, move. She moves. And then he looks at the cabinet. He walks to the cabinet. He close to the cabinet. Now he's opening the cabinet. Now pause the movie, cause what I'm about to say to y'all is so damn twisted. Not only. Yes, and that and that's one of those moments where again, if that doesn't seal it as a uh, <laughs> as a like a midnight movie or like a cult film, I don't know what does. Like the oh, fact, so like funny. that would get most people going. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I would imagine maybe twenty years from now, this is going to be like one of those those uh, media projects. Much like how, like, just now, or maybe in the last, like, five, ten years, we're discovering all these, like, weird PSAs from, like, the 60s. Okay. That, like, people, like, like much like uh, my love and affinity for One Got Fat. Yes. Like, where people find these really bizarre, like, media projects yeah, people yeah. did. Because, like, like, like... This gem, this hidden gem type of thing. Yeah, because, like, th- the whole thing with the, the big man... In his entire chapter, especially how that cha- the, well, the chapter where he's introduced, where he's mm-hmm. the very end of it, in his whole chapter, that more or less seals this. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. And I, like I said, I, a lot of this is going to depend on where R. Kelly's standing is. Yeah. In the next few years, because there definitely there's an audience for this, and I th- I'm not sure if it's going to take him dying. Or, oh <laughs> or, well, I, I, I don't know. It could be 30 years from now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you say that 
you think it will happen? It's just a matter of what it takes to happen? I don't know. I, I, I feel if you didn't, I, and plus R. Kelly is a punching bag. Like, but to be fair, I, I the kids today, they're posting Thomas, the dank engine memes. <laughs> they have no idea who Thomas, the tank engine is. Mm-hmm. What well, if they came across this, they don't know any of the baggage of R. Kelly. Yeah. So like, it's going to okay. take that level of just a, a generation removed. Yeah. From from R. Kelly, because again, like to our generation, you say R. Kelly, and the first thing that comes to people's minds is piss on you. Yeah, like that's just like whether it be the Chappelle skit or just the imagery that conjures that that conjures up because of it. Mm-hmm. That's just what you think of. Like it's it's like you do your uh, you do a word association test on R. Kelly, and it's like R. Kelly, and it's like piss, pee, and or urine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's a one of those. Yeah, and that's and again, and Chappelle certainly didn't do him any favors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. So it it takes it takes it's going to take that time of um, for forgetting it, but maybe not forgetting it, but you know, just younger people coming in and not necessarily knowing about it. Because you're right, you know, if you if you're just messing around on YouTube and you find R. Kelly trapped in the closet, chapter one, and you just watch it, you don't have that baggage. You scroll down to the comments and you get some info, then yeah, you're going to have to learn that type of thing. But they're definitely two different mindsets for how people perceive music and media. I don't think this works. Like, again, uh, looking at this as somebody who does not um, uh, has a very uh, inferior taste in music, mm-hmm. I I don't look at this as an exercise in, in music composition. I look at this as an exercise in just bizarre media. I think like, that this this exists in my mind. This will exist as a great musical composition for the sole fact of how strange it is. I think well, that's I where I, I'm coming from. Well, I guess my other question, I guess the question I'd have would be, has this play without the visuals? Oh, terribly. Terribly. <laughs> well, I don't know, because as I was watching this, I, you listen to it, and it's definitely, in, like, again, there's a story being weave throughout the entire thing yes but i think that a lot of the story and a lot of what r kelly does with the lyrics is that he will sing every detail and he will sing the throwaway lines that people would have in real life you know like i think there's one where like pimp lucius goes to see his parents and there's like there's like two lines where the parents are like talking to each other about their nicknames or something and it's really weird it makes no sense I need to buy a few racks and a place to lay my head. Honey, what's racks? You ain't laying that head in nothing. Douglas, Sammy, don't call me by my nickname. It ain't your nickname. It's your middle name. And so he throws things like that in there where there's just like describing what people are doing. And the thing that gets me just listening to this is that R. Kelly sings the... uh, I don't know. I don't know the right word for it or the phrase for it. But the he said, and then she said, and then he did this, and then she did that. Like he says, he doesn't just sing the parts. He sings the and she responded, and then he said, and that bothers the fuck out of me when I don't have visuals. Like I've listened to this before, and I can't stand. It's like hearing a singer breathe into the microphone. Once you know it's there, it annoys you. And this is like the same thing for me. Like every time I hear these these him singing it's just like okay i get the start of every line has to be the he says she says and then i 
And then he, and it's like, fucking, I get it, you know? Like, I understand this conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, guess that, I, that I think it'd be an interesting reason. exercise to just, maybe for me, go back and listen to this and be like, okay, let's see how this works without the visuals. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be, you know, worthwhile, too, because then, you know, you could see kind of what, what else you pick up from the music that you maybe you didn't because you were looking at the visuals in some of those portions. Yeah, interesting experiment. Like, I think maybe another way this becomes, like, a, a cult film. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, like, everybody gets their way and they, uh, they, they burn R. Kelly off the internet, whether it be yeah. uh, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. And, like, I know they released this on DVD. Yep. Like, would somebody, like, 30 years from now find this at a Goodwill and it just <laughs> blows up as, like, this, it's like this cult film? Like, mm. like th- that's what I'm thinking about, though. It's, like, do that like, maybe burning him off burning him out of the culture and then 25 years later this comes back as like a, a, a cult film of like the mid two because again it's the whole idea of it's like it's yeah. really weird like i was watching something the other day about like nostalgia and how, how is like mid to late 2000s nostalgia gonna be a thing considering that like a we were deep in the throes of like heavy nostalgia of like the 80s then never yeah. mind everybody kind of had their own like everybody had their own kind of like singular culture like everybody like like, there was no like oh god even though there's like top 40 music and blockbusters everybody's experiencing different things all at the same time or, mm-hmm. yeah and so i'm wondering like considering this is like right at the tail end of when there still was like a, a a cultural a unified cultural zeitgeist yes could this maybe sit or just kind of sneak in under the wire I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I know either. That's an interesting question, though. Well, that's the thing about this. Like, as I was watching, and even though I I failed in the Cinemati's endurance test with this, (laughs) I feel like this is primed for for of internet viral. Like, like I just I don't know. Like, there's so many bad movies out there now, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are like from like the '80s, where it's like, oh look, like it's charming because of how incompetent the, the the creatives and the filmmakers were. Yeah. You watch this, and this is a guy who had obviously all the resources he more or less needed. Like, like obviously not multi-million dollars. Like, he wasn't dumping $200 million into this. But he had enough. But he had enough that, like, if he wanted to come across, like, competent. hmm And like Rob said, between just the E major. All day. All day. <laughs> and just the, the, the really bad visuals. Like, I wonder how much of this was intentionally campy, or maybe R. Kelly was just so full of himself that he wasn't even aware of it. That he was like, this is glorious, this is going to break ground type of thing. Well, right? yeah, they, they, become, yeah. They, they become so full of themselves, they, they stop being self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, how, how much of it is that? So again, and that's why it's a perfect uh, case study for a cinemati because there's so many layers like this is one of those few times where like rob's definition of a cinemati overlays with mine like you look at the, <laughs> the, the venn diagram it's a perfect circle yeah <laughs> because like rob's like oh like music composition e major all day it's like oh this is almost it's like how on earth did this get made yeah. Why, th- anyway this was right after or during the Chappelle piss on you nonsense and, like, why didn't anybody ever pull him aside and be like, hey, this is your chance to, like, not rehabilitate your image, but, like, definitely get yourself some, like, street cred with, like, the, like the mainstream press or, like, the music like press industry. And I guess this was, like, right before, like, celebrities started having, like, major meltdowns, because this was, like, during the same time span 
or maybe even a little bit before, like when Britney Spears had her meltdown, was like shaving her head yeah. and shoving like umbrellas through like car windows. <laughs> and, and that's kind of like, that's the definition of a celebrity meltdown in real mm-hmm. time. And maybe like, this is a weird instance where again, I, I also have to think this was ahead of its time. Like in a weird way, this like now, if, like again, if this was released today, like if this is something Kanye would sort of look at and be like, "This is this is a masterpiece." Oh, like, definitely. <laughs> like I can imagine him watching this for the first time. He stands up and gives like a fifteen minute like standing ovation by himself after watching it. <laughs> like this is something Kanye would do, and I people would just go bonkers agree. about it. Oh yeah, and that's why I think, that, like, in all honesty, like I, I don't know, like this feels like now that I now that I think about, it, like this feels like something Kanye would do. Like this, this is. Firmly within his pantheon of like, oh, what's this bonkers, low-rent stuff I can do to get attention? You know what? That's a really good point. Because I've always heard the story, or the rumor, I guess I don't know what status it is, but when Kanye's album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, came out, he wanted to turn that into a visual album. And his producers and his studio were kind of like, no, like, don't do this. This isn't going to work out well. And he only ended up, you know doing visual aspects for a few songs and combined them, you know, to kind of make a big music video. Maybe part of the reason his label and his producers said no was somewhat of the trapped in the closet thing. Maybe that was really the only thing they had to go off of at that point. Because Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was, you know, 2009, 2010, I believe. Not long after Trapped in the Closet. Um, But certainly when R. Kelly had time to be a punching bag. And Trapped in the Closet was never, you know, a great, a great success, even back then. So maybe that was part of the reason. Maybe you're right, Zach, in saying that Kanye loves this and wants to do something, but he's been held back to some extent because of the lack lack of success this has uh, dealt with. Well, I can even, like, going back to the Kanye, uh, was it Bound 2, where he's having sex with Kim Kardashian on the motorcycle? Yes, that was the album after Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but yes. Like that's definitely I inspired by this. There's oh. no way that it's not inspired by this. Sure, because sure. it has the bad green screen. It's yeah, very low rent. It's a bonker song. That, that bad screen cre- green screen while they're driving. I haven't seen that music video in a while. There's the sex again. The sex on the motorcycle, which is clearly just him holding handlebars. Like, I, I think that's the genius of Kanye. Again, for, I don't care about Kanye's music. I can, I can count all the Kanye songs I like on one hand. Mm-hmm. It's like I think that's the part of Kanye I, I love. It's just like, I'm going to make a music video where I have sex with my wife on a motorcycle in front of a green screen. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I want that. <laughs> like, this is the Kanye that goes on Twitter and writes, I love Trump, and the internet melts down for like an entire 24 hours. That's the Kanye I want. The, the Kanye that says, I'm going to do something bonkers just because... I can do it, and let's just see how long I can get away with it. Oh my god, Zach. I honestly think you would love The Life of Pablo, one of his last albums, because that that is literally what he did. He was like, I want to see what I can get away with. And there's songs that are just like people saying nonsense into answering machines, and there's like soliloquies of him talking about, like, I love Kanye. Oh yes, I love Kanye. You would like that, Zach. You would like Life of Pablo, I bet. God, Kanye's an interesting character. Like he, oh, yeah. he's definitely, and, I, and again, maybe Kanye is R. Kelly if he didn't do all the weird bad stuff. Uh, like, yes. Like, is, is, is Kanye's career what would have happened to R. Kelly if he didn't like doing weird stuff? That 
That might be the greatest question we've ever asked on this podcast. <laughs> like that's what I mean. Though. Like I, I talk about like, like a trajectory of a career, yeah, that gets uh, permanently sidelined and it gets picked up by somebody else. Oh my god! Oh my god, Zach, we could do a whole episode on this. I'm going to ask this question. So I'm going to ask so many people this question after we're done with this recording. See, I told you this is one of the few. Like as I was watching this, this was a clear moment where like the planets aligned. And Rob picks it because Rob's like, oh, it's deep. And I'm like, no, it's it's garbage, and that's why it's fantastic. It's, <laughs> we both agree it's fantastic, but for two completely different reasons. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is It, it is. A, it is a musical anomaly. I would, I would probably I would just call it. it, it I, I, would, I would make it even one step above that. I say it's a media anomaly. Mm, okay. 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 It's a I'm miracle like- it exists. <laughs> True. True. If you if you don't have anything else, I think we should just get right into it. Our late night and cinemonity status, or should we do snack first? Snack. You want to do snack? Okay, okay. I guess I'm putting off snack because my snack for this one, I'm I'm watch this and I'm always trying to think of you know what uh what food they got in there. I like doing that, seeing what food they have. Uh, I really like the scene where R. Kelly and I think Kathy is her name. They go to a diner, and R. Kelly's like. He gets a coffee or a water or something, and Kathy's like, "I want a vodka." <laughs> and the way just like, mm-hmm. "I hear you on that one." <laughs> so vodka, that'd be a good snack. Um, well, come on, there's a very clear cut <laughs> choice of snack in this one. Oh, but you know, the, I want to leave that for you because you can play off that better than I I can. I think so. I want to stick with the vodka, even though I'm not a big vodka fan in general. Oh, okay. Vodka tastes like cleaning product to me. Good, good. Um, <laughs> Cut it with lime juice, Zach. Cut it with lime with juice. Lime juice. Okay, yes, yeah, Zach. Give me, give me. Let's let's do some snack, master. Please bestow your your genius and your expertise of the snacks on us. Please. I am the I am the snack master, the yes. connoisseur, of context, yes. and the Lego maniac. No, we replaced that with odd Zach. Remember. Well, um, I am the Lego Maniac and Odzak. No, that we replaced the Lego Maniac with Odd Never, Zach. never. I'll never be replaced with Lego Maniac. Okay, Odzak ma- Master. There you go. <laughs> the, the perfect snack for this is clearly cherry pie. Oh, which Bridget is allergic to cherries. <laughs> but not the big man. Big he man. was eating her cherry pie. Yes. Oh, God. Which, it's again, so... some... Some of the most subtle, blatant humor <laughs> ever. Like I, that was another. Like that chapter is the uh, quintessential. Like, like, like. Even though that is that is clearly the peak mm-hmm. of, uh, in my opinion, trapped in the closet. Oh boy, it is a it's a hell of a ride once you get there. It is. It's really good. The whole you know Michael K. Williams looking or throughout the kitchen to find the person or whoever he he thinks is in there he doesn't know it's a midget. And then the whole ch- chapter afterwards where they're, the midget's there and, like, R. Kelly and Twan bust in and the midget shits himself. That's great. It's great. And then he passes out and he has <laughs> like asthma. twice or something, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I, again, that's, that's – like, even though it takes, like, 30 minutes to get to that point, it's it's worth it. That's, like I said, that's where – like, even though it goes on for the 90 minutes, like, past that point, <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that's worth it, though. Because, like, you're watching yeah. it, and, like Rob said, you're like, okay, it's like, how much long is this going to go on? Like, it's cute for the first, like, seven, eight minutes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God. 
Then you get to that point because again, it ends with she was do like was what's he like? How does it end with like she was banging a midget? Yeah, basically, <laughs> and that's how it ended. Like it picks up, and obviously it's the same intro. It's it's that same E major, e major all day. <laughs> it begins with that. And it's like oh my god. And it's like okay, and it just gets more. That's another one. It gets bonkers, bonkers. R. Kelly pulls out his gun. Yeah, um, you have big man and the baby. And all that, it's like, oh, like I said, bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somewhere in there, like, it has, it doesn't really get a lot of focus, but the, in, like, one of the lines, because it fits the meter, R. Kelly, like, sings his twan, and twan says something like, let me shoot everyone. Yes. And R. Kelly's like, no, we're not going to kill a cop. <laughs> and it's like, you remember that this is a fucking policeman with his wife and a midget in his kitchen? <laughs> well, that, again, when you put it that way, you, you, when you, when you, uh, bring this surreal into reality it just the contrast oh yeah it's just it's you can't look past it and i think that's there's so much it, it's it's so dense it is like, it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant and that's what it is <laughs> like there's so many layers to this that most people aren't even aware of i only think r kelly's aware of again it, it's it's the room in that sense in that tommy wiseau made that film and the layers that are there because of it are because of the incompetence. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's Sprezzatura. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sprezzatura. Inadvertent that's layers. It. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like the incompetence of the creator shines through as brilliance somehow. It's a great, somehow. it's a great concept. And we have another example of it. I love it. It's like baking a cake. It's like you're trying to make a, like a cake. Okay. And yet you're like, okay, I'm going to make a two layer cake. And somehow you end up like fifty, and certain layers are better than others, and and that's what it is though. It's it's like oh, and the whole time all you're trying to do is make like like a, a cake with like vanilla frosting, and yet somehow you have like this multi-layered like tropical fruit cake with different frost. It's like wh- how'd this get here? That you and like you got it, Zach. You got it. That that is exactly the item that will be on the cinematic menu. And and here's the thing: the different layers of the cake are different every time it's made. So, like, you know, let's say someone comes in and they order the uh, the R. Kelly trapped in the closet cake. Or I guess we don't have names for these dishes yet, but they order this cake, and this one person gets it, and the bottom layer is a cherry pie. The, the, um, these are all baked. This looks like a full cake, but when you cut into it, you find something. Like, it's like a, a pinata or kinder egg, you know? So the bottom level is a cherry pie, but the second level is a gun, the third level is oh, the third level would be the vodka. Like it would be a cake filled with vodka, and then the layers would be different. But when someone else orders it, maybe the first layer would be the gun, and the second layer would be the vodka. And so you would never know what order you're getting these things in. You know? See, folks, you- Rob's reading. Rob's reading too hard into this now. No, I'm trying to establish a decent restaurant, Zach. Creating a, menu a, re- a restaurant with a cake that has a gun in it. Yes, that cannot be the craziest thing we have on this menu so far. Isn't one of them the... Didn't we dye salt black and it's pouring out of a wall somewhere? Something like... No, caviar. Caviar is pouring yes, out of the wall. we're pouring caviar out of a wall. No... That we can do. It's not financially feasible, but we can do it if we but so it's choose. legally feasible. <laughs> I think if we get like a, like a gun permit, like a gun license, like a liquor license, we'd be good, right? What kind of license do you need to consume a firearm? I don't know. What if it was? What if it was like a toy gun, but it looked like a real gun? Would that be better? Since yeah. when are we adhering to anybody's rules and regulations, Zach? 
This has to be a restaurant where people actually can. Again, yes. Even though some of our uh, meals are bizarre, that you can at least you can eat a, a cigarette. Like, <laughs> like that's okay. But like, you can't eat a gun. Like, you can eat a cigarette and get violently well, no, I'm ill. I'm not saying you eat the gun. It's just that's that layer of the cake is a gun. What you people do with aren't going to want eat our restaurant. Scary. They can't swallow what we're selling. There's got to be something else we pitch that you can't eat. That's not we'll actually that. edible, we'll, right? We'll 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 go back to the tapes and figure. Can we just out. can we just make them sign a waiver when they come in, and then it doesn't matter what we give them because they signed a waiver? I'm pretty sure you have to sign a when when they have to go through the little portal from like um, the parking lot <laughs> to like the restaurant. Then they have to sign the portal by by standing at this spot for a certain amount of time. Oh, uh, they waive their legal rights. The 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 elevator that actually is an elevator, the room they just have to stand in. <laughs> Essentially, it's like, it's like a motion simulator. Yes, yeah, so that's that's where they have to sign the waiver, which says you are not. We are not responsible for anything you eat in this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. Um, oh God, yeah. The the insurance people working for us are going to have a great time. <laughs> the lawyers, it's going to be fabulous. Okay, no, I like that. I like that different layer cake. Okay, if you had to take the gun out, what would you put in instead? We got cherry pie, we got vodka. No, I think what it is, is it, it, forget about R. Kelly's specific chapter flavors. Because unfortunately, there's no flavor for insanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, I guess like different flavors maybe like based on the mood. Like Obviously, like does betrayal have a flavor? What does mm -hmm. betrayal taste like? Bitter. Okay, right. bitter. And then what's the second chapter? Um, uh, aggressive? What does aggressive taste Aggressiveness? Like? I might have said confusion, because the second chapter is when the, the dude's like, just wait! Wait for this person to show up! And R. Kelly's like, no, I'm gonna shoot you! That might be the third chapter. Aggression okay. or confusion? Um, well, what, what does those taste like? Mm, aggression, I would say, would be uh, like... A hot pepper, like a haban, like a habanero or something. Okay, see there, see now we're getting on the right footing. And then confusion. Hmm. Ah, oh, confusion's a tough one, right? Confusion, you'd have to get something that like mystery flavor. It changes flavors as you eat. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, you know, it would it would move across your palate, so it's like maybe it's sweet at first, but then sour, like it. Like, it changes that taste somewhere along. Like, what Sour yeah. Patch Kids say they are, but they're not actually. Like, you know, I think every commercial for Sour Patch Kids I've ever seen is like, first sweet, then sour. And it's like, no, it tastes like one thing the whole time. Like, deal with it. Um, okay, so we got, what was the first one? Betrayal, and then anger, and then aggressiveness, and then confusion, and then love. Is the next one when he goes back to his wife? Sure. Love flavor. That would be something savory, like umami, like a real good, rich flavor, right? Sure. Like chocolate, something like that. I don't know. Chocolate's got that sweetness to it. I was thinking more of like a, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything good. Um, okay, love will have to come back to. We'll love's, back a to love's a tough flavor. I think even for chef. Chef's love is a tough, tough. I, I will come back to Rob a week from now when he's and he's broken down all it, the flavor. The thirty-seven flavor. chapters. No, of the, I got it. The flavor of love is deep fried. Sure. What do you think? Okay, deep fried layer cake. Deep fried layer cake. <laughs> um, uh, trapped in the closet. Deep fried layer cake. And then I think it goes back to betrayal because that's the next chapter is when he finds the condom in his wife's bed. What flavor for um, when big man craps his pants? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be confusion again because aren't R. Kelly and Tuan confused about what the smell is in that chapter? 
Like, I'm pretty sure there's a line where they're like, they're looking around sniffing or something like that, and then the, the midget faints or something. <laughs> this is oh the craziest thing to talk about, Zach. <laughs> it really is. Like, this is a. Uh, okay, I, I think we've delved into enough of the Cinemonides restaurant, Planet Cinemonides. Yeah, um, I honestly, I have to say that I think this is this is the first thing that I actually feel a little weird discussing. Like literally really? everything, everything else we've discussed, I've always been fine with it being an audio podcast because it's like, yeah, you know, we're doing a good job. We're describing what's going on, all that stuff. This, I really think you need context for. <laughs> I really feel strange just describing this without the visuals to go along with it. Like, I think I'd feel better if I had it on. I was able to point to it while I was describing it. It's an interesting feeling. It's never happened well, okay. in cinema. Well, okay, then, okay, Rob. Is this a cinema? Is this a cinemati and or late night movie for you? A hundred percent, yes to both. I would say it's a cinemati more of the musical components of it because of how, like I said, off the wall, crazy. The same thing for two hours blows my mind. And what he does with it, of course, you know the all these little lyrics and things. Cinemati for the musical aspect. So it's a cinemati in terms of its visual album component. I would say it's a late night movie. Because of, I would say, the opera aspect of it, because of the acting, because of the over-the-top aspects of it, because I can sit here with someone and be intoxicated at 1 a.m. and we can laugh about a midget jumping out of a cabinet. We can laugh about R. Kelly pulling his gun out on his old woman neighbor, you know? So, yes to both. What do you think? Um, this is definitely a cinematic. This is uh, the definition of a slam dunk. Nice. As a cinemati, no, this, this, this is definitely um, not Hall of Fame worthy. It's not Men, Women, and Children or Book of Henry. Okay. But it's it's definitely a – we have different – we still haven't figured this part out yet, though, but there are different tiers of cinematis. I was about Hall- to ask you what you – if like uh, I was about to say like easy, beginner. We've talked about those before. Well, I don't know about that, though. Like, I, I think certain movies don't need – like certain movies don't deserve ranking. Like, they, they don't do enough. Okay, sure. Um, right, it's it's kind of like you don't give a ranking to something that's like average. Okay, it's, okay. it's like oh, like, <laughs> we're not going to rank. Oh, I'm trying to think of a really bl- like. Well, I'm trying well, to think it's, bl- like, uh, it's like when you do like a top eight of a tournament. Like no one else matters. Only that that cutoff is what matters. Like you're well, only ranking specific things that have shown or demonstrated they've reached a certain caliber. Yes. Yes. Like like there's certain things that like we've discussed. Like Claws, for example. Like Claws is insane, god. but like, oh god, it's bad. Like it's just bad, and like and it's irritating how bad it is and how it's able to get away with being bad, and nobody really criticizes it. Yes. Like, like, we'll, like we'll talk about Claws periodically. Obviously, um, the Hummer insert the Hummer clip here. Okay, would this jog your memory though? Particularly if a cop came in asking. Sure would not. How you like me now, Jeff? Not much better. What if we add a Hummer? Who is we? I got this. Watch the front counter. <laughs> Did you hear that Virginia got shot in the season two finale? No, I see that DVD in the box, a DVD box at Target. And I no, we're talking because... season two finale, Zach. I, I don't care. Virginia I had to watch five episodes of that show. Doll? China Doll got shot. How's she going to give Hummers if she got shot? <laughs> She gets shot in the face like Benicio Del Toro and Sicario? <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know where she got shot. I haven't seen it. I've only read about it. <laughs> never again. Um, but no, like, Claws is the definition of, like, it's never, like, we are never going to, like, go back and revisit Claws. Never. 
this is this is again Hall of Fame is like top tier. Mm-hmm. This is, I'd say, a Cinemati's masterpiece. Right on, right on. Because it's it really is. Like, maybe we have different rankings. Like we have masterpiece, which maybe is like, and this is subject to change. Sure, like, sure. Masterpiece is like a tier, like, like a a bronze tier. Okay. Hall of Fame is maybe like silver tier. Okay. And like magnum opus is <laughs> gold tier. There's one. Like like we'll never have the magnum opus. We might have candidates for the magnum opus. Sure. But we're like that's like I don't even know what a mag like a racer head maybe would be the default magnum opus because like it's the the foundation of everything else. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah, that's a good a good candidate right there. That's exactly the first one I thought of, a racer head. I, but again, Eraserhead kind of has that like nostalgia, like weed into it with us. See, I know like, it has the nostalgia, but it has stood the test of time for me. I would say, yes and no. I, as time goes on, I'm having a harder and harder time pitching Eraserhead to people. Okay, and, I, okay. and, and not to get that's, too much into that. That's fair. That's fair. So, like, I don't know. I, th- I think again, like Rob was saying, like accessibility. Like now, like I think you, like with Hulu, you have access to like all the Criterion movies, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, Razorhead's like a lot of David Lynch films now are part of Criterion. Yep. So, like, like, there is a much like easier like accessibility to it. Oh yeah. Where maybe again, going back to Trapped in the Closet, there isn't that. Isn't that again? It's in. Think about uh, Razorhead's been remastered in HD, or like the print's been cleaned up. Yep. Much like Mulholland Drive and like all these other things, like Twin Peaks is now in, in HD Blu-ray. Yep. And whereas like Trapped in the Closet, like the versions we were watching are blurry. They're like filmed like in standard definition with bad effects. <laughs> yep. Like th- there's no polish. And that's the thing too, is that like you can polish a racer head. Mm-hmm. Um because it was filmed with obviously thirty five millimeter cameras. Yep. Got that there's movie no- magic. Yeah, like, but like, even like some of these weird, like, again, like another film we'll be talking about in a few like weeks, like Society, maybe depends mm-hmm. on what we do. Is like certain like these horror movies, like Reanimator, like they're all films, so you can go back and repolish them. Yep. Or I guess polish them is the correct term, not repolish. Uh, whereas like Trout in the Closet, it's another element to it that we didn't really delve into. Is that it's it's kind of locked into being dated. Uh, yeah, tech technological technology wise is what you're saying right yeah like there's, yeah, there's no there's no remastering it you can't do the thx remaster of trapped <laughs> in the closet it's oh, not God. gonna make like uh, other than redoing all the effects mm-hmm. and even still like the camera probably was filmed in standard like if this was filmed in 2004 2005 most likely it was a standard definition camera yeah I, yeah i would uh, i would believe that for digital, sure standard definition video yep and it's like, oh, so like, there's really not much more you could do to make this look good. Whereas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, going back to the room, the room was filmed on both film and HD video in okay. 2003. Okay. So like, there's there's infinite resources to cleaning up that film, oh or I guess there's uh, <laughs> the groundwork is laid for cleaning up that film. And that's gotcha. what goes back into some of these weird movies from like the eighties. Or it's like, oh, I don't know. I think that's a weird uh, trap. The closet's caught in this really peculiar space, which makes it a prime candidate for the uh, cinema cinema's masterpiece. Yes, I agree oh, with yeah. you there. The where it it's both trapped in the closet is trapped in a very specific point in time in culture, and and it makes it a cinemodity. I agree absolutely. Late night movie for me. 
I'm a little like I think the first again up until the part with the with the the, the little person midget <laughs> that that's the peak of this. I don't think I think after that you would lose people. I think so. So you actually you solidified this. I haven't said it in a while, but you said that you fell asleep to this a few times. Yes. Uh, that that is definitely one of the things. That's part of the criteria for a late night movie that you want to be able to watch something that's enjoyable, but you can fall asleep to. And so this might be the prime candidate because you can stay up to get to the part with the midget, like chapter nine or ten, I think, and then you can go to bed, and you're not going to miss too much. I remember I said no to Titanic sinking the myths as a cinemodity because it was too engaging. Uh, sorry, as a late night movie. I said no as a late night movie because it would keep me up, because I would be interested in it. You need something you can fall asleep to. Uh, okay, going back to Eraserhead, you cannot fall asleep to Eraser, Eraserhead because that's nightmare fuel. Like, if you're watching Eraserhead for the first time, and you for the like, first fall asleep, time. Yeah, like you time. can't you can't do that because like again like I again we've talked about Eraserhead's kind of the template for all this, and if you fall asleep during that movie for the first time and wake up like forty five minutes like to like an hour in, you are going to be so disoriented even more. Um, yeah, it puts you okay, in a bad place. Okay. I, so I I don't know. I, I don't guess know. I should Ro- say that if, if you can fall asleep to it or if it puts you to sleep, that is not a necessity for a late night movie. But it doesn't hurt. It wouldn't keep it off the list. I guess that's a, a better way to put what I'm saying. Just because know, think, you fall asleep. I think asleep that'd be at for the late night part of it. I think that would fall into that branch. Okay. Okay. Because like, because like, cinematic is something that's like, is it a a cinematic oddity? Mm-hmm. Yes. This is clearly a cinematic oddity. Yes. Whether Perfect. it's something that you would show someone late at night, definitely. But I think after, I think uh, most normal people. It would try their patience after about th- that part. Like, cause again, because it dips. Like, it starts off strong, and then it's like, oh, God, how much longer is it going to do this? Then you get to the part where it's like, and then I saw a midget, midget, <laughs> and it's like, boom, it pulls you right back in. And yeah. then after that, it never really grabs you the same way again. There's no really hook, line, sinker moment of it like like that. There's some other weird parts. But I think you gotta get to the, po- you got to get to chapter 23, Zach. The stuff that came out in 2012. <laughs> Anytime you say the phrase, you have to get to chapter 20-something for it to get good, you've lost the argument. I think it starts at like an hour and 22 minutes if you just want to go to that part, Zach. <laughs> Anything that takes that long to get good is not worth your time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, no. That that means life isn't worth our time. <laughs> B- bingo. Bingo. <laughs> You caught, me on opti- you caught me on an optimistic night, Zach. I'm not suicidal. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I get what you're saying, though. That's that's good points that you bring up. Uh, I still think I would show... I'm I'm probably going to show this to someone late night within, like, the next week or two. I think I'm going to put this on the queue. We'll see how it goes. So now's the million-dollar question. Uh, $2 million? Can it be? Can I phone a friend? I think you can. Okay. Okay. What's the question? How are we going to end this episode? I'm going to call my friend Zach for my phone a friend. Is that okay, Regis? Sure. Okay. Zach, are you there? Hello? Zach, I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis Philbin. Do you want to talk to Regis Philbin? (laughs)
Kathy Lee? <laughs> so listen, Zach, I'm eating I'm eating into my time. How do I end this podcast? I thought you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, how do I end this podcast? That's the question. And there's no choices. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm phoning a friend. The audience didn't know. The gremlin's theme reversed. <sighs> okay, thank you, Zach. Time's running out. Okay, Regis, I have my answer. Regis, I am going to go with Trapped in the Closet, Chapter 1, Backwards. Is That's that your final fi- answer? That is my final answer. Regis, you sly motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard him, folks. Let's play Trapped in the Closet, Chapter 1, Backwards. Ich, 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 ich,